Hello there. You're listening to Radio TARDIS. Coming at you from Northern California. We've got a great show for you tonight. We've got a grumpy old bastard. We've got school teachers in love. We've got a girl young woman from the future with special guests, the Daleks. But before we get into all that, let's start the way we always do. This is Benny. And this is Kyle. And you're listening to The Doctor's Watcher. The horror movie podcast about every episode of Doctor Who. (laughs) Well, uh, we may have gotten a little spoiler there for the episode. (laughs) Um, Because that last episode was definitely not a horror movie unless you're from Arizona. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Speaking of last episode, we were talking last time about how long these seasons are. So I actually went and did a little bit of research before we started recording today. This particular episode that we are currently recording is the 76th episode of our podcast. Nice. We are, of course, still in season two. (laughs) According to Wikipedia... There have been 74 episodes of Red Dwarf, including a special that aired just a couple of years ago. So I guess there if... There are more episodes of The Doctor's Watcher than there ever were of Red Dwarf. Uh-huh. <laughs> if this were a Red Dwarf podcast, then last time would have been, I guess, our full series wrap bonus episode and we'd be retired now. Damn. Well, we, we picked the wrong show, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, this is like not even to mention if this was like a Black Adder podcast or like a Mr. Bean podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Cool. But well, indeed. Um, yeah, before before we get to the uh, the Cliff Dangler and all that, a couple of orders of business that I wanted to cover. Um, first being that we've talked before about um, how much I was looking forward to the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. And now that I've seen it, I can say I loved it. Um, some some aspects of it were a bit half-baked, underbaked. Um, could have used another draft or two in the writer's room. But overall, I got what I wanted from it, and I enjoyed it very much. Um, they even did a few things I didn't expect, or they did it differently from how I, th- how I thought they would or how I would have done it. And I think it was better the way that they did it, which is always nice. Um, so yeah, it was great. I loved it. Um, nice. Recommend it. That is and, uh, still on my to watch list. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you can, you can kind of probably, um, skip book of Boba Fett for now and just go straight to Kenobi. Um, yeah, it's, I think Kenobi's my higher priority. I did the other day, watched the first episode of Our Flag Means Death. Oh, hell yes. Which was quite enjoyable. I've only watched one episode so far, but I I liked it quite a bit and I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. It's both more ridiculous and over the top and also more like earnest and sincere than I expected. (laughs) Um. I'm surprised you weren't expecting it to be ridiculous and over the top <laughs> based on some of the fandom um, that I've seen and the way people talk about it. But it I is, think it, I, it, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, I think I had not quite 
like fully parsed like how much of a comedy it actually is mm-hmm. well uh there's, there's there's definitely some bits coming that are gonna have some uh some feels yeah with them. i i have heard of tonal shifts to be expected mm. and i Just do like know life. yeah i do know at least a couple of spoilers about like some like should be type stuff but yeah, yeah. kind of hard so to avoid awesome that. The show came out. If you didn't know about that yet, I'd be very surprised. <laughs> yeah, and then the other the other note that I wanted to mention was that we've mentioned a couple times in the past that um, I've been playing Breath of the Wild, Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, Legend of Zelda of, of the Breath of the Zelda of the Legend. Um, that's the full title. You don't usually hear it. Uh-huh. Um, I appreciate I, you I mean, pulling out the full title though. I know, I know. It's, you can tell that I'm a real fan because I I do it that way. <laughs> um, yeah. So the news there is that I beat Ganon for the first time. Oh, nice. Um, but the the one and only time that I've beaten Ganon so far, I had not yet completed all the memories. I hadn't gathered them all yet um, because I. I'll be honest, I sort of set off the final boss fight before I intended to. I only had one memory left to go. It was the one in the castle. I was like literally a five-minute walk from it. I could just grabbed it before I went and started the fight. But I was like, oh, I'll go, I'll go see what that area where Ganon is looks like. And then it's like, nope, you're fighting Ganon. Get ready. Get your sword out, fool. It's good uh-huh. time. <laughs> nice. Um, so now I have gathered the, the last memory and then the, the real final memory, which comes after the last memory. Um, and uh, so now I might do the, the final fight again because the, the cutscene is a little different um, depending on whether you've gathered all the memories or not. So, oh, cool. Uh, I'm not sure curious, I realized that. Curious how that cutscene goes when you've got them all. Nice. Well, shall we get around to what our listeners came here to listen to us talk about? You mean everything we've been talking about so far? <laughs> Indeed. Let's continue. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about that. This is, of course, the 33rd episode of Season 2, Journey into Terror. Hell yes. And would you remind us of our cliff dangler? So for, I think, the second time ever, we've got kind of the same cliff dangler that we had the previous time. Um, Because as enjoyable as that previous episode was, it did not really advance the plot (laughs) um so yeah so we're running from the daleks Uh, yeah pretty much our our heroes are in the tardis we're trying to stay ahead of the daleks and the daleks are chasing us and yeah just like last time that's where we were that's where we still are let's let's get away from them daleks nice so we we pick right up from there i'm pretty sure we get you know another sort of timey-wimey lava lamp visualization with the TARDIS and the Dalek time machine flying through the screen. Love it. Love it. That's what we're here for. And the TARDIS materializes in basically inside this house in like the entry hall of this house that's all old and, you know, kind of dark and spooky seeming. It's not very well lit. (laughs) <laughs> you mentioned the horror episode uh, uh-huh. earlier. Well, this is Journey into Terror. Nice. 
Um, yeah, so this house is not very well lit. We have like all this statuary everywhere. There are like, you know, big candlesticks. Are there large portraits whose eyes follow you wherever you go? I'm pretty sure there is at least some portraiture on the wall. <laughs> there uh, is nice. a, yeah, there's a fireplace mantle that's like a carved, like a big scary face. Nice. Wow. Yeah. I'm yeah, it's actually it. pretty cool. Um, the staircase. <laughs> like Vincent Price was recording something at the BBC the week before. And they <laughs> to reuse the sets. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, probably. The staircase has these decorations that are like basically big bowls with smoke coming out of them, which is kind of interesting. Oh, <laughs> I'm cool. I'm assuming the effect was like probably dry ice based. Probably. <laughs> so, you know, they're all kind of looking around. Ian steps on like a creaky stair and as he steps on the stair, the lights flash and this bat swoops down toward Barbara. I, I can't tell if you're being serious right now, Kyle. This feels very, very <laughs> kind of like almost cartoonishly haunted house-esque. It, it did feel like that. Um, okay. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that assessment. happened in the episode? This all definitely happened. Okay. <laughs> um, but but that is an accurate assessment. Okay. Vicky and Barbara think that they all should just head back into the TARDIS and GTFO. <laughs> like, nope. <laughs> uh-huh. I guess, you know, we still need to, like, wait, you know, a few minutes while the TARDIS recharges or whatever it was the doctor talked about previously. Yeah, but we can do that from within the but, TARDIS. <laughs> right, yeah. The doctor, though, thinks that maybe this would actually be a good place to fight the Daleks. So, um, yeah, it's, it's very <laughs> atmospheric. <laughs> uh-huh. He and Ian decide to head upstairs and scope things out up there. The doctor, on the way up the stairs, steps on the same creaky stair that Ian stepped on earlier, and the lights flashed in basically the same pattern. Interesting. Does so, the same bat fly out? No, the bat did not fly out. It was just the lights mm. this time. Oh, the bat's union. It only has to come out once a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder, I wonder if there's more to this creepy house than meets the eye. Barbara and Vicky stay back with the TARDIS. They're not inside the TARDIS for some reason. They're you know outside the TARDIS in the house, but they're with the TARDIS. And, of course... You know, not too long after Ian and the doctor are gone, Barbara and Vicky decide to start looking around a bit themselves. Excellent. You you can only, like, stand near the TARDIS being scared for so long before you start kind of getting bored. Yes, and uh, we've already split the party, so we might as well wander off. (laughs) Yeah. So they head over to the fireplace first, and as they sort of watch it and approach it, the eyes of the big scary face on the fireplace basically like roll open and start glowing. Nice. Wow. This is good stuff. Uh Uh-huh. Vicky and Barbara just kind of like turn away and walk into the other, into the next room. (laughs) Because they didn't notice or because they're like, no, thanks. Uh, The (laughs) the second one, definitely. Okay. Okay. Yeah. In the next room, they find this big, like, nicely carved wooden chest. And 
Vicky starts to wonder. What do you suppose is inside it? Only one way to find out. Uh, yeah. Barbara tries opening it, because that is the open only way to find chest. out. She types in open chest and presses yes. enter. Yes. And as soon as her character on the screen starts pulling on it, she and Vicky start hearing laughter. Oh, boy. <laughs> but Barbara, a person of action, powers through and pulls the chest open, and it's empty. Oh, <laughs> oh well. Uh, she types closed chest, and as the chest closes, or after it closes, basically, a skeleton drops down from above onto the chest. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> we cut to Ian and the doctor, who are, of course, upstairs now. Ian looks in a mirror, and in this mirror, he sees the ghostly image of a woman kind of pass through him. <laughs> oh, man. I, I may have to watch this episode. Like, uh, I, I haven't gotten around to rewatching the previous episode with the uh, man from Arizona, but I think I think we might need a double feature. <laughs> Wait, was it Arizona or Alabama, the previous episode? Uh, oh, Alabama. Okay. I mean, I think I suspect that to uh, to these BBC folks, it's kind of the same thing. <laughs> but uh-huh. we, we Americans should probably know better. So Ian, you know, watches this ghostly woman pass through him in the mirror. He kind of shudders and then basically just like follows the doctor down the hallway <laughs> He's like, that was strange. Oh, well, uh-huh. wait, wait up, doctor. <laughs> the doctor seems to have found a laboratory. Look at all that equipment down there. Hmm? And is there actually a lab equipment or does, does Ian just see a dirty mug? Uh, it's just a dirty mug. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a, it's actually, you know, those in sort of the old horror movies where there's like a stair you open the door and then there's like a staircase down into a laboratory with oh, like nice. a sort of a, a table slash bed and like equipment and all that sort of nice. stuff. I'm yeah, it's, it. it's one of those. Ian wants to go back and check on Vicky and Barbara, but of course, the doctor can't pass up a good lab, so... Of course. <laughs> he heads on down, and Ian follows him. The doctor approaches the sort of, you know, table-slash-body-slab-slash-whatever-you-want-to-call-it-in-the-lab. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And the, the thing that is on the table sits up as the doctor approaches... <laughs> and yeah, I love it. You know, the the sheet that's covering it kind of falls down revealing a creature that looks a lot like the classic stereotype of Frankenstein's monster. I love it. It stands up and it kind of like stretches its arms toward Ian and the doctor and the two of them Basically, GTFO back up the laboratory steps and out the door. Go steps. (laughs) And as soon as they're out of the laboratory, you know, normally like you leave the screen and, you know, the game just like transitions to the next screen. But this time 
they leave the laboratory screen, but before we transition to the next screen, we see the Frankenstein's monster creature basically like go back to the table and lay back down and close its eyes. Hmm. It's almost like some of these scares keep resetting themselves. We cut back to Vicky and Barbara, who are both pretty spooked by now. By the scary spooky skeleton. Mm-hmm. Barbara tells Vicky that she feels like her hair has turned white, and Vicky's like, It has, as a matter of fact. What? It's all right, though. It quite suits you. And did we see that, too? Has her hair actually turned white? No, uh, it has not. And (laughs) He's just messing with her. (laughs) Barbara, yeah, Barbara can see on Vicky's face that she's just messing with her. And, you know, they both laugh. The tension's a little bit relieved. Oh, good. And just then, a character in sort of an old-timey shirt with a cape and white gloves and widow's peak hairstyle and two pointy teeth sticking out of his mouth. (laughs) Well, we had a Frankenstein already. Now it's time for a Dracula. (laughs) Uh, This character comes out from behind a door saying, Good evening. I love it. I know I keep saying that, but I do. (laughs) (laughs) Barbara and Vicky both, you know, greet him say good evening back to him basically and Very polite. they ask who he is and <laughs> a valid question uh-huh he says i am count dracula <laughs> yes barbara's like no really who are you but he just turns and goes back into the door that he came out of. Interesting. Yeah, these these scares do seem to be um, maybe not as real as they seem. Yeah, they do kind of start to be seeming that way. Very haunted housey, more so than a house that is actually haunted. <laughs> you know, I thought about calling this the haunted house podcast but i didn't want to spoil it too much so we went with horror movie (laughs) podcast also good barbara tries to follow count dracula she goes over and and you know types open door but the door is locked she can't open it she i guess it's not clear whether it's locked or just she can't open it for some reason but you hear you hear the count's voice say, "Lady, come on! I'm trying. I'm trying to work here. I'm on my break. Staff only." <laughs> <laughs> she turns back to tell Vicky that she can't open the door, but Vicky's gone. Oh, nice! Barbara starts looking for her and calling for her when she sees a ghostly-looking woman with kind of messy, scraggly long hair. And, you know, wearing sort of an old-fashioned nightgown up on the upper balcony. Amazing. I'm I'm pretty sure this was the same ghostly woman that Ian saw in the mirror. I mean, how many ghostly women can there be in this haunted house? <laughs> That's a rhetorical question, but uh-huh. I'm also now, now kind of curious. 
And as the ghostly woman screams, Barbara backs up against the wall, which... And does it rotate? It does. It's a trap wall. (laughs) Uh, I love it. So it rotates and Barbara's gone now. We cut back to Ian and the doctor who are discussing how as much as everything in this house is like weird and spooky and creepy and shit, it's also like pretty familiar. Yeah. The doctor thinks he's figured it out. This house is exactly what you would expect in a nightmare. Yes. But in a world of dreams, creaking doors, thunder and lightning, monsters, and all the things that go bumpity bumpity in the night. Bumpity bumpity in the night. <laughs> you, listeners, you thought you were only going to get things that go bump in the night, but we, we're we getting the deluxe version now. Yeah, totally. This is like the the next level of things in the night. Yes. Ian's like, yeah, cool, cool, except that this is a real place, not like a dream place. A valid point. Uh-huh. <laughs> The doctor further explains his theory. Yes, it exists in the dark recesses of the human minds. Millions of people secretly believing. Think of the immense power of all these people combined together. Makes this place become a reality. So Ian's like, um, you mean that by virtue of not being real and enough people thinking about it, it becomes real like... What's the mechanism behind this transformation, Doctor? And the uh-huh. doctor's like, oh, look over here. Look at this other thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I did think it was sort of a strange theory. It's like, yeah, probably this is just a dream world magically created by millions of people believing in something that's not actually real. Uh-huh. Ian just accepts it, though. He's like, oh, cool. So probably the Daleks can't land here, right? Not in the human mind. And the doctor basically agrees. You know, I believe you're right. Yes, the Daleks can never land here. (laughs) (laughs) Because the Daleks don't dream? Or, like, how are we reaching that conclusion? Um, I guess because this place is, like in the human mind or like in the collective Uh, consciousness it's not a place the daleks can access or something okay well if uh if that's what the doctor thinks he he knows more about this stuff than i do so they both laugh because you know clearly it's safe now they head down the stairs toward the tardis where of course they don't find vicky and barbara the doctor suggests that maybe they followed the two of them upstairs. So he and Ian decide to head back upstairs to look for Vicky and Barbara. And of course, in going back upstairs, they just miss witnessing the Dalek time machine materialize in the entry hall next to the TARDIS. (laughs) The Daleks are like, did you not know that we also love horror? <laughs> I am a big Dracula stan. <laughs> I ship Frankula. Have you seen the latest A24 film? 
Yes, indeed. Survivors of London, the Daleks are the masters of Earth. Surrender now and you will live. Those wishing to surrender must leave a five-star review on iTunes and email the doctor's watcher at gmail.com or tweet at Dr. Watcher and obey orders received. Message ends. So aboard the Dalek time machine, they can detect the enemy time machine like it's here. Previously, you know, they've been trying to play catch up basically, but now they're here as the TARDIS is also here. One of the Daleks wonders what planet they're on, and another one says, In a world of dreams, in the dark recesses of the human minds, millions of people secretly believing make this place become a reality. Wow. <laughs> that, that's just what it says on their board. <laughs> no, the Dalek actually says, only change their geographical and time location. Okay, interesting. A few of the Daleks start searching the house, while one of them stays back to guard the time machine and, like, watch over the TARDIS or whatever. Ian and the Doctor are back in the Frankenstein's monster lab when they hear someone coming. Of course, it's a Dalek that is coming from a side hallway. Um, obviously, it can't Didn't come... go up some stairs. Yeah, there's... Even when they first arrive and they're talking about, like, this might be a good place to fight the Daleks, partially that's because there are stairs. Hmm. Like, Ian even <laughs> specifically mentions that the Daleks don't like stairs. The Dalek was like, it's fine. I got here off camera, so the writers didn't have to figure out how I did it. <laughs> you know, there seems to have been like a side hallway kind of attached to the laboratory, I guess. With a slope, like a ramp. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. And so this Dalek is approaching from the side hallway. It asks, Where are the time travelers? And Ian pulls a lever, which drops some iron bars down and blocks the hallway off so the Dalek nice. can't enter the lab. Well, no idea how Ian knew what that lever was going to do, but I'm glad <laughs> it worked. Uh-huh. He and the doctor, of course, both the GTFO back up the stairs and out of the room. And as they do this, Frankenstein's monster gets up from its slab and starts kind of like staggering toward the Dalek. The Dalek starts firing its film negativizer gun, but... This doesn't seem to slow Frankenstein's monster down at all. It just keeps approaching. Oh, dang. Watch out, Dalek. And the Frankenstein's monster creature pulls the same lever that Ian pulled earlier, which opens the iron bars, and the Frankenstein's monster creature starts attacking the Dalek. 
who, of course, protests. We are invincible. Stop. Stop. <laughs> yes. If you don't stop, we might become invincible. <laughs> Unfortunately, we don't get to see the actual attack. What we get to see is, I guess, like a Dalek POV shot as Frankenstein's monster kind of like lumbers and flails its arms toward the camera, basically. <laughs> nice. The Doctor and Ian head back to the entryway of the house where the TARDIS is. And, of course, they do find Vicky and Barbara here this time. Vicky starts telling them about a secret tunnel that she and Barbara had to climb through. But Ian interrupts. Uh, you know, there's no time for stories now. He tells them that the Daleks are here. And, of course, an actual Dalek then interrupts Ian. Halt! You will be exterminated! Yes, there we go. And just then, Count Dracula comes out of his room, wishing everybody a good evening. <laughs> Dang it, Dracula, read the room. <laughs> We've already got a lot going on right now. Uh-huh. This does seem to distract the Daleks for a moment, and Ian shouts for everybody to get into the TARDIS while they have a chance. Vicky warns Count Dracula that he'll be killed by the Dalek, and she kind of like stays back and watches as the and, Dalek. And I love how I love how she's like concerned about Count Dracula. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, she warns him, and then she basically watches as the Dalek fires its film negativizer gun at the Count, who tells the Dalek, I am Count Dracula. Amazing. And just then, the TARDIS dematerializes as Vicky watches. Wait, she's not in it? No, she's still watching the Count. And they left without her? <laughs> the Daleks start moving toward her to attack her, but Frankenstein's monster shows up, and it picks up one of the Daleks and like lifts it above its head and basically body slams it to the ground and just wow. starts wailing on it. Nice. Dracula is telling another Dalek... Don't go. Don't go. Don't go. Don't go. As the Dalek repeatedly fires its film negativizer to no effect, the ghostly woman starts screaming, and in all this confusion, Vicky discreetly rolls a stealth check and slips into the Dalek time machine. Nice. Interesting. A couple moments later, the Daleks all decide that it's time to GTFO, and they all start rolling back into the time machine themselves. There's something kind of cute about these Daleks sometimes. Uh-huh. On the TARDIS, the Doctor 
continues to insist to Ian that they were indeed out of time and space in the haunted house. We were lodged for a period in an area of human thought. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a side effect of traveling through time and space sometimes. <laughs> uh-huh. Ian asks if the Daleks were lodged there too, but the doctor doesn't want to discuss it, so Ian drops it. The doctor's like, I have no idea. A <laughs> <laughs> bit your own way. I think there's a much simpler explanation. Yeah, like that they were in an actual haunted house that someone set up, like maybe in the future where they have really sophisticated um, animatronics or whatever. Uh huh. In fact, we actually cut back to the house where the camera you know, is in the entryway and then sort of like pans over to a different area that we haven't seen. And it shows us a ticket booth with (laughs) a sign on it saying festival of Ghana, 1996 canceled by Peking Frankenstein's house of horrors price $10. (laughs) Wow. I I like how it's in the, the, near future but nevertheless we'll have interesting technology then of 1996 uh-huh yeah definitely cooler animatronics in 1996 than in 1965 yes really interesting special effects and illusions mm-hmm. and with this we get a passage of time fade to black and We then rejoin Ian and the Doctor in the TARDIS control room. And nobody has commented on the fact that Vicky's not on board? No, not yet. Okay. Yeah, the Doctor has just been working on whatever device he's been building to try to help them defeat the Daleks. Ian wonders when the device will be ready, but the Doctor can't seem to give Ian any hints. You know just as much about that as I do. Which okay. I thought was kind yeah. of an odd statement, given that Ian knows like literally nothing about the device that the Doctor is literally building himself. Um, well, the Doctor may just be like randomly smacking <laughs> some pieces together and hoping it turns into something. Uh huh. They start discussing how eventually they'll have to stand and face the Daleks. They can't keep running forever. Barbara brings drinks into the control room for everyone and. It's as she's passing out the drinks that they all collectively realize that nobody knows where Vicky is. <laughs> Wait, w- weren't there more of us? Uh, <laughs> who are we missing? Let's see, uh-huh. we've got the doctor, we've got Ian, we've got Barbara. We lost Susan. There was one so more. Who was <laughs> oh, it? Oh, yeah, yeah, Susan. She le- we left her behind, but at least we know but where she is. That was on purpose. Um, yeah. We cut back to the Dalek time machine, where the Daleks are discussing their plans. They are pursuing the enemy time machine toward the planet Mechanus. Nice. The Dalek's reproducer device has been repaired. (laughs) Oh boy, what does the Dalek's reproducer device look like, Kyle? And uh, what (laughs) store can you buy a replica in? (laughs) They are, they're preparing to use their reproducer. It is basically (laughs) what we see of it so far is just kind of like 
uh, sort of a, a cylinder, maybe like telephone booth sized. That's wow, they're freaks. <laughs> <laughs> it's got doors. Uh, shame. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, it's got these doors that are currently closed. We don't get to see inside of the reproducer. But it's it's ready. They're preparing to use it. Apparently, they're going to use it to create a duplicate of the Doctor. Oh, interesting. Photo images and relevant data are in the computer. The humanoid will be completed by the time we arrive at our destination. Oh, so they're already working on it? They don't even need to, like, steal the Doctor first and stick him in one of the doors? I guess not. I guess they've got, like, all the data they need. Well, Maybe right. they, they scanned him earlier or something. Who knows? Headcanon accepted. One of the Daleks opens the outer door of the reproducer chamber and, I guess, like, gets it going or whatever. And the Daleks all roll out of the room. And as soon as they leave the room... Vicky enters it. She sees some communications equipment over on the wall, so she starts trying to use it. TARDIS? Hello? TARDIS? Come in, please. Over. Hello? TARDIS? Doctor? Somebody please help me. Get me out of this. TARDIS? TARDIS? Interesting. I wonder... Like, if she has to tune it first, like, she doesn't have to dial their number or anything or enter their, you know, contact info. Uh-huh. Get on the right Maybe it's just like time a, and a space frequency thing. or... Yeah. Whatever she has to do, she's clearly not getting a response from the TARDIS. So she stops trying for the moment. She heads over to the reproducer chamber and, you know, kind of starts looking at it. And we can see inside of the chamber, there's like inner doors that are basically glass or transparent or whatever. And through the inner doors, we can see a very faint image of the doctor just starting to become visible. Oh, yikes. But then she's like, hmm, I've got a pack of gum, but there's only one stick of gum left. I want to reproduce another one. (laughs) <laughs> and then the, the, when the doctor comes out, he's like all floppy and sticky and it's like, oh no, what have I done? He tastes like cinnamon. He's <laughs> so cinnamony. <laughs> we cut over to the TARDIS where the doctor is blaming himself for leaving without checking that everyone was on board. But Ian basically says that they're all to blame. Yeah, well... Plenty of blame to go around, as long as they're not trying to, you know, say, oh, it was nothing, it was bound to happen, oh well. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm glad they actually seem to care. That's yeah, they're all high, three, very like, good to see. yeah, clearly upset by this. Okay. Barbara wonders if there's truly nothing they can do and no way of going back, but the doctor really thinks there's not. You don't think I'd be standing here doing nothing, do you, if there were? Hmm? You're helpless. And you, of all people, should know that the TARDIS can't land in the same time and place twice. Yeah, yeah, I think he's said that before. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Ian's like, dude, what if we actually like fixed the TARDIS's broken time mechanism? Then could we maybe <laughs> go back to the same time and place twice and go look for Vicky? The doctor's like, you think if I knew how to do that, I wouldn't have done it by now? <laughs> <laughs> not that he would ever admit to not knowing how to do that. So no, I don't. I actually don't think he would say that. Uh huh. He actually says that there there could potentially be a chance, but that it could take them like months or probably even years to fix the time mechanism. And of course, this is not time that the Daleks are going to give them. Mm -hmm. This does give Ian an idea, though. We can't go back for Vicky in the TARDIS, but we can in the Daleks' own time machine. Do you mean capture their machine? Why not? I like that plan. Yep. Ian, person of action. Yes. I guess person of planning action at the moment, but... But planning can be an important part of action. So everyone agrees that this does probably seem like their best option. Our next landing will be our battleground, and we shall fight. We shall fight to the death. Next episode, a fight to the death. <laughs> We're actually not quite to next episode yet. We cut back to the Daleks uh, for okay. a minute. <laughs> the, the Daleks can detect that the enemy time machine is almost to the planet Mechanus. The Daleks, who are, of course, following the TARDIS, they'll arrive at the planet Mechanus themselves in about four minutes, and they have a lot to do before then to get ready. Where are our Modron costumes? <laughs> The duplicate that they've been reproducing of the Doctor is nearly ready. It is fully solid. It's now getting loaded up with, like, memory and personality and stuff. And, you know, a moment later, it is ready, so they activate it. And it reaches up and pushes open the reproduction chamber inner doors. And we cut back to the TARDIS where they are checking out what we, of course, know is the planet Mechanus on the scanner. Ah, looks swampy. Not what I expected of a planet called Mechanus. Uh-huh. But because it's of... It's like oil or something. Oh, sorry, <laughs> go ahead. Because of the, you know, the difficult terrain of all the swamp that seems to be here, they figure it probably actually will be a pretty good place to fight the Daleks. This difficult terrain is definitely going to hinder them. Yes. So they head out of the TARDIS to start exploring in, you know, the brief time that they have before the Daleks arrive. And uh -huh. they all comment on how alive the vegetation looks. Interesting. Yeah, apparently all the vegetation here yeah. has the opposite posture and appearance as death. <laughs> I mean, isn't most vegetation that you see generally alive? Yeah, you tend to think so. Apparently this vegetation is particularly alive. Yes. Back on the Dalek time machine, they're getting ready to land, and they're all talking about how awesome their duplicate of the Doctor is. Success! Paramount success! It is impossible to distinguish from the original! 
cool. It's almost like it's played by the same actor in the same costume. Just about, yeah. Amazing. How do they do it? (laughs) One of the Daleks announces that they've landed. So they activate the duplicate doctor and issue it its orders. Your orders are understood. You will infiltrate and kill. Infiltrate and kill. The doctor's like, is there any specific way that you'd like me to kill them? (laughs) And the Daleks are like, well, now that you ask, (laughs) if you could please exterminate 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 the duplicate doctor confirms the orders understand of course i understand my dear fellow don't fuss so i am to infiltrate and kill oh i guess this was back in the day when on a kid's show you could still say kill Uh uh-huh these days the bad guys always have to say like take out or something We cut to a close-up of the duplicate doctor repeating, Infiltrate and kill. As the words appear on the screen. The words next episode, (laughs) The Death of Doctor Who. Here on screen. Oh, well, uh, we've had a good run. <laughs> uh huh. What did I say? This was 76, so I guess 77 is going to be it. It's a good title. We'll do 78. We'll give you a series wrap bonus up. I feel like I feel like for a show that, you know, yes, we know it's a very, very long running show, and then having an episode, The Death of Your Main Character, is always punchy. But the fact that they, you know, that the fact that they did that in the second season and then they can't do it again kind of tells me maybe they should have hung on to that one a, a little bit longer. Uh-huh. Yeah, they are kind of blowing that a little bit early here, aren't they? <laughs> but, yeah, well, maybe they, they probably at this point weren't planning on a million seasons over decades. So, yeah. Yeah, two seasons, 70-some episodes, that's plenty. Yeah, it's a respectable run. They're like, yeah, we're going to beat Red Dwarf. (laughs) Uh, Cool. Well, this is a fun episode. I liked all the Draculas and Frankensteins and, you know, Skellingtons. Uh I did notice in the credits of this episode that the ghostly screaming woman who... I believe was credited as a gray lady. Ooh, spooky. Apparently she was played by Rosalind de Winter, who you may recall played Vreston and also got the oh, insect did, did, movement did, did, like, by credit. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> uh, she's a multi-talented person. Indeed. She can portray anything from screaming ghostly women to moth creatures and can even do their movement. Yes. Fantastic. Well, this was a fun episode. I wonder if uh, I wonder if it was originally a Halloween episode. <laughs> you know, that's a good question. I don't actually know the air date. No, I'm actually genuinely curious if uh if this set were recycled from some other show or something but Mm -hmm. yeah it was fun it was fun 
And for yeah. us, it's like Halloween in July because we're recording this in July. I don't know when it actually be aired, but maybe. I mean, presumably it'll be closer to Halloween for you listeners than it is for us uh-huh. as we record it. It's pretty close. This is going to be aired on the twenty fourth of September. So nice, yeah. That's yeah, when Halloween not too far should be uh, on everyone's minds. Hopefully this episode of The Doctor's Watcher can serve to get you into the spooky frame of mind and you can enjoy the Halloween season now. Yes. Well, I quite enjoyed it. I'm curious to see what comes next. Indeed. All right, listeners. Come back in two weeks for potentially our last episode. Bye. Bye. Hi, it's Benny. Kyle and I would like to thank Circuit23 for our theme song. You can find its sweet, sweet tunes, including our theme, at soundcloud.com slash circuit23. And you can reach him at circuit.23 at gmail.com. Thank you to Kyle for talking to me about Doctor Who. And thank you, listener, for listening to me, listening to Kyle talk about Doctor Who. You can always chat with us by emailing thedoctorswatcher at gmail.com or tweeting at doctorwatcher. It always makes our day to see a new review on iTunes. And with that, please join us next time on The Doctor's Watcher. Doctor, I think we better check on Barbara and Vicky. Oh, nonsense. We've only just left them, dear boy. Hmm? No, I must see what's on that table. Must you? Really, rather not know. You don't mean that, do you? Where's your spirited adventure? Hmm? Died a slow and painful death when those bats came out of the rafters. Very well, then. Stay where you are. Hmm? Stay where you are. <laughs>